Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. Every year, on the first Sunday in Lent, we read about Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. And most years I think about, oh, how hard that whole thing would have been for him. But this year I can't help but think he got 40 days of quiet and alone time. <laughs> There's no way I'm feeling sorry for him. Not really. The temptation and not being able to eat or drink for 40 days sounds terrible. But the chance to step outside of the grinding pace of life, who couldn't go for some of that? Jesus is led away to have this time by himself without distractions, which is actually a pattern that we can see in the Gospels and is something that he does routinely. In our reading last week, we saw he took a couple of his disciples up to the mountaintop to pray. In Matthew, when he learns about his cousin John's death, he goes away by himself. And in the Gospel of Mark, he sends his 12 disciples out to do ministry. And then when they come back, he tells them they need some time away from the followers. We could say that he was good at taking time. Taking that time to rest and get centered and pray but also at taking time to feast, taking time for children, taking time to listen to people's stories. He took his time to get to Lazarus's house, which no one was really pleased about, though it worked out. He took time for all of that, and still he had time to heal and teach and do ministry for thousands of people. Notice how inverted this is from how we so often go about it. Like once all of the work is done, then we will take time. Jesus is also very patient, especially with his disciples. And he encourages acts of patience in others. Like when he tells people to forgive 70 times, seven times. Not surprisingly, we see similar attributes in God's nature. Like after creating the world, God takes a day to rest. Presumably God didn't need it for physical restoration or because God was tired. But God just does. Unlike so many humans who actually need rest and should stop but don't or feel like they can't. God is also remarkably patient with humanity. There are so many stories in scripture where God keeps giving the human race 
chances again and again. In the book, Slow Church, the authors note that when we talk about the patient character of God, it's actually better described in terms of what we say in the New King James Version, the long-suffering. They write, God is ever faithful to the divine nature and mission in the world, even preferring to be humiliated and to suffer than to deviate from the work of love and reconciliation. This long-suffering is best exemplified for us in the early ministry of Jesus, from beginning his temptation in the wilderness, to end his arrest and crucifixion. The character of God thus stands in sharp contrast to the modern era's idolatrous affair with efficiency, which is driven by the end justifies the means. Or in the famous words of Malcolm X, that some vital ends should be pursued by any means necessary. God is committed to the perfect way of love, to a history that bend towards and will culminate in justice, and also for it to happen through human collaboration. God could have made us all robots in a perfect world, but a world of love freely chosen was something that God was willing to wait for. The nature of God and the way of Christ is what we aspire to. But we do it in a culture that is so very different in nature. We live in a world that tries to move us along and where there is constant pressure to go faster and do more. An emblematic American example of this is the McDonald's dining room. The seats there were actually designed so that you wouldn't want to sit too long. The colors chosen so that you don't want to hang out. Studies are always showing how they can shave off just a few seconds so that people don't have to wait. And it is a highly influential model in our culture. I recently heard that some coffee chains that were once designed so that people could stay and study and talk for hours are now pivoting to the to-go-in-and-out model. Culturally, we are taught to hurry, to go faster because faster is better. But there is such a thing as going too fast. And usually it doesn't come without consequences. It's like what happens to me every time I drive the Terwilliger Curves. I don't do it often enough, and so I'm driving at my normal freeway speed, and then I hit a sharp turn driving that fast, and I realize that I have to slow down. But I'm in the fast lane or the middle lane, and it's hard to get over while you're doing the curves, and the fastnesses keep going on, and it's just so hard to keep up. And that's the feeling of modern life for a lot of people like you can't keep up. And because everyone's going so fast around you and things keep coming, you can't really slow down. And it's not some little stretch on the west side. It's all the time. When you're going too fast, there's the danger 
of not being able to make wise decisions and choices. In contrast to Jesus' temptation that happened when he was taking that time for stillness and solitude, many of our temptations and sins come from not having enough time. And so we react, or we act impulsively, or we do whatever it takes to get by. When you're going too fast, there's also the danger of crashing, which is like burnout that so many people are feeling right now. And yet, Scripture, Christian community, the Holy Spirit are those things that bring to our consciousness that we need to slow down. We weren't made to go so fast. These are the voices that give us the permission and the encouragement that slowing down is not only allowed, but it is very good for us. Slowing down is what allows us to see God at work in our neighborhoods, in our church, in our homes. There is so much to be in awe of right in front of us when we are still enough to take note of it. Slowing down is also what allows us to see God at work so that we can then discern where we are being called to join God in this work. Discerning takes time. Listening takes time. As Pope Francis once said, we are impatient, anxious to see the whole picture, but God lets us see things slowly, quietly. The church has to learn how to wait. There's actually a growing number of people who are resonating with this idea in what's being called the slow church movement. Modeled after the slow food movement, it tries to move away from what they call a franchise faith and church that mimics culture's values of efficiency at all costs and asks how churches can be communities that are in contrast to this, where people find the solidarity they need to live this lifestyle where they can seek to know each other and love each other well as Christ loves the church, and where they feel empowered to go three miles per hour when everyone else is going 70 because we're not alone in doing it. The movement suggests that as churches, our glacial speed, which we are always making fun of, might actually be our strength. Slow church, they write, is about taking time with God, one another, and yourself. And not only taking time, but taking time over time. That makes a big difference. They encourage, be purposeful, but unhurried, serving as we do a God who acts in time, but is unbound by it. We can afford to enter a neighborhood with the posture of the listener. We can linger at the table. We can start work we don't see the end of. Plant sequoias, urges Wendell Berry. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousands of years. More and more, as I hit those curves, 
it comes to my consciousness that I do need to slow down. And my apologies to whoever's behind me, but I lower my speed pretty dramatically, and I get over to the slow lane, and I take the pace that I need to to be safe and so that my heart isn't racing. Slowing down is hard, but it is possible. And I hope that our church can be one of those places that encourages it, a place that collectively lets us take a breath. I know we need it. This Lent, as we follow Jesus into the wilderness, may we follow his pace as well. May we linger at tables and plant or care for things that will outlast us and find ourselves anchored in the deep waters of a radically patient and unhurried God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.